Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. I did it. I started another podcast. Here it is. It's recording. It's live. I'm excited. My guest is so stoked on a brand new microphone. Can't wait for you to hear her. Can't wait to introduce you to her. Who is she, Casey? Stop talking. Stop blabbing back and forth. Let's go. Let's let's do this. Well, she is a visionary leader, a change agent. I love that expression. An award-winning Hispanic marketer. Many, many awards. Multicultural Marketing Excellence Award. PR Society of America. The Silver Anvil Award for Best PR Campaign, Billboard Music Award. What former multicultural marketing brand manager at the Coca-Cola Company? Hello, founder and CEO of the Saramar Group, Sarah Marski. Welcome to the show. Hey, Casey. What is up? How you doing? So excited to be here. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have so much fun today. We're going to be talking about what? The Hispanic marketplace, marketing to them, understanding different groups and understanding just uh, there's so much. I can't wait to learn. We haven't really ever talked about this on the podcast. So I'm going to start stop talking and pass you this thing. It's heavy for me. All right, here you go. <laughs> Thor's hammer. You want to grab that? I do. Okay, there you go. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Take Thor's hammer, smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Just set the record straight once and for all. Excellent. Well, first of all, it's awesome that you have an actual hammer. <laughs> well, it is actually Thor's hammer too. It's Thor's uh, actual hammer. It's on actual one. hammer. <laughs> yeah, it's his actual. It has a name. I forget it though. So, so let's smash this thing. So the myth that we're smashing today is my brand does not need a Hispanic marketing strategy. Um, so in fact, it does. So it's crazy. So in in spite of the fact that Hispanics have an incredible contribution to the United States economically, culturally, from a population growth standpoint. Many brands and businesses are underinvesting in this market and they're underserving this market. And in fact, even overlooking the Hispanic market entirely. Um, and so this is a problem, right? If your brand isn't actively engaging with US Hispanic market, you're definitely leaving a significant business growth opportunity on the table. So let's think about this, Casey. Let's look at the data because the numbers don't lie. There are over 60 million Hispanics that live in the United States. That's 19% of the total Wait, how many? population. 60 million. It's actually Ooh. 64 million. Yeah. Right. So that's 19% of the U.S. population. Hell yeah. Now, 80% of of the US population growth over the next 20 years is going to come from the Hispanic community. Jeez. Wrap your brain around that. <laughs> I can't wrap my brain around that. Right? That's a lot 80%. of growth. Yes. Um, so Hispanics own $1.5 trillion in buying power and their income levels have been increasing over the past five years, 20.7% growth in income for the household over the past five years. And think about this. If you compared Hispanic contributions to the U.S. economy, to the GDPs of countries around the world, the Hispanic segment would be the eighth largest economy in the world. Jeez. Yeah. So wouldn't you want to do business with the eighth largest economy in the world? Hell yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> right? But, but like most people are ignoring this, right? We're just, 
we, I mean, I haven't yet to talk about this on the podcast. So what, why do we, why do we not address this? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So if you, if you think about it, we mentioned before that Hispanics make up 19% of the U S population, but only 6% of ad spend is targeted to Hispanic audiences. And 78% of Hispanics say they don't see themselves reflected um, in the marketing strategies or in the advertising of many, many brands. Um, yet, as we talked about, the data shows that when you invest in the Hispanic market, it's going to drive a return for you. Now, yeah. another important point here to think about too, Casey, is the youth of the Hispanic market. It's a very young community. Now, the, meeting, the median age of the Hispanic community is 27 years old versus 42 for non-Hispanic whites. Wow. Can you, yes, that's crazy. And here's another one. Think about U.S. population under the age of 18. Okay. U.S. Hispanics make up 25% yeah. of that population. There you go. Okay. Yes. And so what does this translate to? What does this translate into? So this translates into more years of buying power. 55 oh, years yeah, of buying yeah. power versus 37 years for those who are not Hispanic white. So this is absolutely a priority uh, for your business. Um, and it's a, if you're not thinking about integrating Hispanic marketing as a core part of your business growth strategy, it's a huge missed opportunity. And it's one that we're committed to helping companies solve here at Saramar Group. Yeah, no, I love this. Yeah. Now, can I, can I like take a step yeah. back? I am a caveman. I am... Mm -hmm. Caucasian. I'm probably from Ireland, which is why I love Guinness. I, sometimes I even get nervous about the idea. Can can you even talk about like targeting a particular segment? Is it right. racist? Is it racist to not target them? Like, help me understand how do you even approach this without like, is it a gray line or is it very clear? How do you approach this? And maybe that's right. even half the reason why people don't even want to address the segment. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about why brands are overlooking our Hispanic market. Um, I think, first of all, there needs to be a mindset shift, right? Okay. A mindset shift within companies, within leadership teams, and with even, even within marketing organizations. You know, often the views that we have are formulated by our personal experiences. They're formulated by what we're exposed to, by where we grew up, how we grew up. And this can even influence sometimes our approach to marketing. Now, as you know, we've seen over this past year, a historic movement for social justice. It's been incredible. Yeah, it's, an, it's been amazing. So it's inspired many companies to take a deeper look at how they're approaching inclusivity at their organization and how they're promote, um, approaching diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's awesome to see many more companies taking a stronger commitment in that space. And so what's really important, Casey, to remember that is alongside of those diversity and inclusion efforts, we want to also complement that and align that with multicultural marketing as well. Got it. It's important. And why is it important? Because marketing is how we tell the stories of our brands, right? And we want our brand stories to demonstrate that commitment to diversity. We want our brand stories to authentically reflect the diverse communities that we serve and that importantly, who purchase from our brands, 
right? I'm picking and up so we, on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we really want to demonstrate a, a deep understanding and appreciation of diverse audiences and their unique stories through our brand stories and through our marketing. Got and it. so, you know, thinking through it, there's kind of a, probably a variety of factors as to why brands um, might not be doing this. They may be unaware of the data that we just talked about earlier, unaware of the opportunity. Um, and it just might not be on the radar. Um, and and well, the, the, yeah. the thought might not be occurring to someone. But I really liked your, yeah. your take on this because, you know, mm -hmm. there's that negative view of like, oh, are you trying to exploit a segment? But actually it's the flip. It's like if you're, your brand – you know, twenty five percent of your brand or more may be uh, of uh, different races and types and shapes and colors and sizes. And so, let's make sure our marketing is—you said it—multicultural marketing, like making sure we're. And I love that the focus on you're being inclusive, and you're making sure that you're not being so tar you like your your target is yeah. missing the mark because you're you half your audience or more. It's like I don't understand this. That doesn't look like me. I don't feel myself reflected in that ad. <laughs> So then exactly. they don't click on it and then it's not. So I, I totally, it's like the flip of that, which is making sure that your marketing messages are hitting all of your audiences. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And, cool. you know, part of me is like, for if we're looking at social justice, from my philosophy is part of that is allocating the budget, right? Yeah. Allocating the budget to um, making sure that you are authentically reaching those multicultural communities. Um, and, and, you know, when we're looking at Hispanic marketing, kind of what you were mentioning earlier, there may be a level of discomfort to that, right? Yeah, um, sure. You know, perhaps, um, you know, folks in the organization might not have an understanding of the culture. Um, perhaps, um, you know, they might not speak the language, which might bring about some sort of hesitation, like, oh, this, this makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm not sure. But, you know, there's folks out there that are here to help. Um, and here to make those connections and make sure you're being authentic and make sure you're being relevant. Um, so we can get through that. Yeah. Authentic um, and relevant. I like that. Yeah. Cause uh, you don't want to like put like have like a cheesy take on what you think the stereotype of someone in a different culture is like you should, it's like when they make movies and they, you know, they make the scene completely, it seems like a great movie, but then anyone that actually knows that industry, like an actual doctor, actual pilot, it's like, that'll never happen, you know, or like, you know, that, you know, you see a movie and they, they show some culture and that particular culture is yeah. like, that's not who we are. It's like right. they made that off of a stereotype. So yeah, you got to make sure you're authentic. I like that. Exactly. And that cultural relevance is so important. And then, yeah. you know, another, another barrier might be that, Hey, you know, we recognize that there is an opportunity in the Hispanic market, but we don't know how to go about activating on it. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot of that too, but at the core, I do truly believe it's about a shift in mindset at yeah. many companies and organizations. And so, you know, especially in this moment that we are living now, we have such an opportunity to expand our perspectives, to expand our understanding of different cultures, to redefine and really reimagine what growth looks like for our businesses, what the future looks like for our businesses, and even to reshape our perspectives of the Hispanic yeah. community. Because, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just saying like, I, yeah. I, I bet your experience at Coke, like, everyone drinks coca-cola like hello it's a perfect opportunity for this but finish your thought i'd love to hear though like what kind of lessons you learned from working at coke around this well yeah um well i think the before we get there kind of the 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 kind of key takeaway here is when we're thinking about reshaping perspectives around our hispanic communities to think believe it or not you know hispanics are our next high net worth consumers 
Nice. Um, you know, you look at, again, we're going to look at the data here. Um, average household income increasing 29% since 2005. Um, Hispanics are leading college enrollment growth. There has been a 180% increase in Hispanic college enrollment in the last 20 years. And we talked about the youth of the population. Imagine 25% of those people under 18 going into college that are Hispanic. That's yeah. incredible. Um, yeah. And also um, a lot of people don't know, Hispanics are driving home ownership. Over the past 10 years, Hispanics have accounted for 60% of the increase in Hispanic, uh, excuse me, and the increase of home ownership in the US. It's mind blowing. Wow. Um, you so know, there's so I see like a big sign saying like, don't forget about me, right? Make <laughs> sure you include me in your campaign, you know, whether it's B2B or B2C, like, that's another good question. Do you, do you see this? Do you see any of this happening in the consumer side versus the business side? And, and how do you get how do you get multicultural marketing infused in some more of the B2B world? I so love that you just asked that because yeah. this is this led right into my next exact point. So you may be thinking, oh, well, I have a B2B brand and I offer B2B services, so that right. might not work for me. Um, I'm not consumer you know, oriented, but hey, that's another myth that we can smash, Casey. Yes, do it. Um, <laughs> because you got the what? hammer still, so go for it. OK, we're going to we're going to smash Bam. that one, too, because guess what? There are four point seven million Hispanic owned businesses in the U.S. Um, that contribute over $700 billion to the U.S. economy every year. The growth of Hispanic businesses has outpaced the growth of other groups owning businesses, double or triple the rate over the past 15 years. Okay. So absolutely. So if you have a business that is offering solutions to small business owners, this is a market for you. Business banking, HR solutions, employment solutions, tech, technology solutions, website services, all of those things that businesses need to run and function are a huge opportunity for our Hispanic market. How do you approach that? And, and how do you, is there a line mm -hmm. um, like where you're not pandering to an audience, but you're targeting them, like you're including them, but you're not ex trying to exploit them? How do you go, yeah. do, you, do you specifically target 4.7 Hispanic owned businesses by like, ads saying like great web hosting for Hispanic business. Like how, how do you approach that? I could see where people might be confused and total and also risk adverse. Cause you don't want to offend people. So they're like, I don't know how, how would you advise people to address that on the B2B world? On the B2B world? Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, you know, that cultural relevance is key again. Yeah. Um, and, and as we talked about, we want our, you know, we want the people we do business with and who consume our products to see themselves reflected, yeah. um, you know, in, in our advertising, in our marketing. And, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but we take a very purpose-driven approach, um, to marketing. So there are so many organizations that are Hispanic serving that you can be part of where you can really support the growth of the Hispanic market and you can cool. really support the growth of the businesses. So my approach is like, how do we not only sell our services to our Hispanic business owners, but how do we play a role in their growth? How do we help them succeed? How do we help them scale and get to the next level and create that economic uh, prosperity? And um, so, yeah, so it's, it's really about being intentional, about being culturally relevant, about being inclusive and about being purpose-driven um, when you're connecting with that audience. 
What do you mean by purpose driven? I, I, I love that you asked that. Am I just like um, throwing you softballs left and right? I'm like actually generally curious. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can like sound like a completely scripted show. <laughs> like, but yeah, like I, I know you've mentioned a couple of times. I know it's on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm as a person, just very purpose driven. Um, you know, that's how I was raised. And um, I truly believe in the power of brands to do good in the world. Okay. And, cool. um, and so we know that, you know, purpose is a, you know, having a higher purpose in business is actually good for business. So, so let's talk about how being purpose-driven can, can kind of come to life um, in the Hispanic marketing space. So, yeah. so let's imagine a story actually. So, so let's, let's imagine the story of Miguel. Um, now let's think about Miguel. Uh, his parents sacrificed everything to come to the United States, you know, leaving everything behind in pursuit of new opportunities Hell yeah. in, pursuit of, in pursuit of a brighter future for Miguel and his brothers and sisters. Cool. Um, Miguel, let's think about him. He's the oldest of four. Okay. Uh, he grew he grew up in humble beginnings. His parents raised him with strong family values, nice. um, instilling in him the importance of education, of honoring and celebrating his culture and heritage, of owning who he is. And you know, Miguel has always deeply felt the support of his parents and a de and desire for him to achieve in life and live a life well lived. So let's think about Miguel. He's incredibly bright. Let's say he's in high school right now. Uh, he's talented in math and sciences and really dreams of working in the tech industry one day. Cool. So let's imagine that you're the brand that awards Miguel a scholarship so that he can go to college and pursue those dreams. Yeah. Imagine if you help, if your brand helps Miguel experience the pride and even overcome the challenges of being the first in his family to go to college. Let's think about if your brand was the financial institution that helped Miguel open his first bank account, mm. but that you not only helped him open his first bank account, but you empowered him with financial knowledge, right? Like how to like how to use credit cards, and how to save. Not get screwed over by credit, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, not get screwed over, right? How to budget, how to invest, right? Yeah which yeah, is a crazy yeah. world that we don't really know about and how to build wealth for his family. Imagine if that's your brand. Okay. So let's think about Miguel being in college now. Maybe he's studying computer engineering. So imagine if you're the brand um, that might give him an internship or right. you give him a program that you're empowering him to develop leadership skills and career skills that are going to prepare him for his future career. Imagine that. And so as Miguel continues along in his journey, like many immigrant families, let's think about it. I think he has an entrepreneurial spirit, right? And yeah, and, like and yeah, yeah, and decides to start a tech company, right? So cool. we talked about B2B earlier. Here's Miguel. Here's your target audience, right? Yeah. So imagine if your brand not only provides those solutions to Miguel to run his business, but empowers him with the knowledge and resources on how to start and grow the business how to access capital, how to access networks, how to manage his finances, how to do hiring and beyond so that he can grow. So now Miguel is scaling his business. Now Miguel is creating jobs for people. He's building economic prosperity in his community. And your brand helped do that. Yeah. Imagine that. All right, last one here. Let's think about this. Imagine, okay, fast forward a few more years. Yep, totally. Now Miguel's starting a family, right? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Sold his first <laughs> business, got a good exit. Now he's gonna do another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go Miguel. Um, but you know, he, he may have grown up in an apartment, you know, with his, with his parents, um, sure. his two parents and his, his three siblings, you know, and always dreamed of owning a home. Um, and so he would be the first in his family to own a home maybe. So imagine if you're the brand who not only provides him solutions for home ownership, mortgages, etc. Um, but what if you educated him on the ins and outs of buying a home? Right? Yeah. Um, and your brand is helping Miguel build that wealth for his family. So think about that. Think about how incredible that story is and how your brand can be a part of that story. So, you know, overall, imagine this, uh, imagine if you're the brand that sees Miguel, right? That sees Miguel's resilience, his drive, his optimism, his deep pride in his cultural heritage. And imagine if you were the brand that helps propel Miguel forward in achieving his aspirations. Imagine if you're the brand that helps Miguel make his parents and his grandparents proud, right? You're yeah. gonna wanna be that brand. <laughs> we, yeah. want you to, we, we want you to be that brand. Yeah. And, and, and here's why. When your brand invests in Miguel, Miguel is gonna invest in your brand and become mm. your loyal customer for life. Right. And that's the power of purpose. And you'll tell like 30,000 people about it too. Right. Yeah. And, and you mentioned 30,000, but picture this. It's 33 million. Like yeah. there are 33 million Hispanics under the age of 33 yeah. um, in this country. That's 60% of the Hispanic population. So huh. everyone in this community has a unique story, right? Um, but there are millions um, who share that similar desire to achieve progress and abundance for their families. Yeah. And how can your brand be a part of that story? And that's what I mean by purpose. We are purpose driven. You know, um, we are not only doing business where we're generating dollars um, and impacting our balance sheet, but we're also creating a larger social impact in the yeah. lives of the consumers that we serve. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so Casey, you might ask, um, you know, okay, so purpose, maybe it sounds fluffy, right? No, it sounds um, good. I like it. You I know, like, into it. like people are like, oh, well, you know, we're not a charity. We're a business. We're here to, we're here to drive revenue, right? We're here to, true, we're here to true. make money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I and I agree. Why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I'm here to say, yes, what we do is we not only drive business growth, but we also, um, while doing so create that larger social impact Yeah. and there's a clear business case for it. Right. Um, you oh, know, yeah, totally like, um, you know, like, as you know, like consumer mindsets have shifted, um, over the past couple of years, um, well past several decades, really, you know, and people want to invest their dollars in companies that support the causes they care about. Right. Right. Um, and our Hispanic consumers are no different. 61% of Hispanics believe it's important for companies to support, um, their community. Mm -hmm. And, and we know based on data that companies with an established sense of purpose, um, in terms of social impact outperform the S and P 500 by 10 times. Mm. Um, S and P does a pretty good job. So <laughs> to outperform that is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, think about well, it too, from an employee perspective, um, yeah. you know, like employees want to be part of a business and a brand that is doing something good for the community. That's that has a higher purpose. In fact, mm -hmm. all stakeholders across the organization are interested in their, in the organization and contributing in a higher way and a higher purpose to the community. And yeah. we know that inspired employees are more productive um, and they're driving better results for the business. So, so there's a clear business case for it as well. Oh. Totally uh, which is totally. why I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> no, I can tell you're certainly passionate yeah. about it. And that's awesome um, because yeah. you need someone to, you know, shake people up and like, guys, let's go. Let's 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 approach this. Let's take it on. Um, yeah. Can you can you tell me about your Coca-Cola days? Because I feel like yeah. I, I can totally see that just being an amazing place to learn and experiment and try yeah. different things. And so what was it like doing multicultural branding at Coke? And then you know, what kind of lessons did you did you get from that? Um, so I was on the multicultural marketing team at Coke for around, well, five years. Um, okay. and it was an incredible experience, Casey, um, like at the forehand of the number one brand in the world, like, um, you know, leading right. efforts in, <laughs> in, uh, Hispanic marketing. Wow. Um, what an amazing opportunity. And one of the things that I really did love about my experience there was, I think one of the key takeaways. I alluded to this earlier, but one of the key takeaways um, that I left Coke with was the amazing power that brands have to make an impact in the world. Um, it's just incredible. And um, you're right, there was so many amazing opportunities to learn. And some of the work, a lot of the work that I got to lead um, was impact driven. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just a couple of examples, you know, we did uh campaigns um giving away scholarship opportunities to Hispanic youth. Um, we celebrated Hispanic Heritage Month by doing that. Um, we all, I led our, you know, a lot of people don't, don't know this, but Coke um, has had a, um, a commitment to empower 5 million women entrepreneurs by the year 2020. Really? And yeah, and so I was able to lead that work for multicultural women um, in the US, um, going around the country, uh, training women in entrepreneurship, inspiring them um, with the mindset of growing the business. Um, yeah. so, so that was incredible. And then um, I, we also did a lot of active healthy living um, work, you know, in terms of the soccer space, you know, a lot of youth programs and connecting around youth around the passion of soccer. Um, one, of the, one of the programs that I was part of leading was the, our Copa Coca-Cola. Um, which is basically in English, the Coca-Cola cup, um, which is, <laughs> right. it's actually cool. It's actually really cool. Um, it, it was done during, you know, the world cup timeframe and, uh, it's a global initiative actually. So, um, countries around the world got together, got youth teams together for a tournament. And, um, and so we did that in 10 markets across the U S um, with Hispanic students and or Hispanic youth, um, playing soccer. And, and that was incredible. And what was really cool about that particular initiative was, um, you know, globally and a few of the, the, the youth that played in the U S got to go to the world cup <laughs> in Brazil and, um, experience a week of soccer camp there and go to the opening ceremony. So it was incredible. So, wow really yeah. cool stuff. Like I, I, like, you know, when I was there, Casey, like I found myself in opportunities where I was like, um, what am I doing here? Little Sarah, <laughs> like, you know, I, I remember being, you know, a part of the women empowerment work that we did being in the room where, um, president Obama was on stage, 
um, Michelle Obama was on stage. Oprah was on stage. Um, Joe Biden was on stage. And I was like, wow, (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) Like, I mean, crazy. It was really cool. It was really cool. And then, you know, all of the work that we did, um, you know, uh, around the World Cup was also just phenomenal. uh, I remember, you know, working with Carlos Vives. You're, I think you know who that yes, is, sure. <laughs> which is, a, you know, a Latin superstar. And um, and so we did a whole campaign with him around the the FIFA World Cup in 2014 in Brazil, where, you know, he went around and experienced the World Cup from a variety of different angles and talked about his experience at the World Cup and you know, it's just really cool things. Um, and, you know, we also um, had a big partnership with the with the Mexican national team, soccer team, and um, who played friendlies here uh, in the U.S. And so activated a lot of those, got to go to a lot of those games. I mean, just wow. really awesome. Like, this is the other thing about Hispanic marketing. Like, it's the most fun marketing you're going to do. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'll give you that. Like the music is great, and I, yeah. I and behind the scenes, I I've always been a fan of Latin music and all different kinds, like everything, yeah. bachata, salsa, reggaeton, yeah. you know, all those. So yeah, it, it is just such a fun environment. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of energy too. I think is yeah. playing into that energy and yeah. and and certainly owning it and being a part of it is just it's very yeah. captivating for sure. It's it's addicting. Yeah, it's amazing. And so I think one of the things, you know, that we did really well at Coke was to really connect our brand to those passion points of the community, to really connect with the values of the community, be it like we talked about education, entrepreneurship, um, family, you know, um, bringing the family together around the table to share a refreshing Coca-Cola at the family meal, you know, um, soccer, you know, just really being an integral part of what is important to the community um, and being a part of those values and passion points and creating overall that emotional connection um, with the community between the community and the brand. Yeah. So that's, so that's what we did. Crazy. Well, a couple questions for you, kind of rapid fire questions. I'd love to know what keeps you up at night when you're, when you're working these kind of campaigns and working with your clients to, to approach these this marketplace what what's the biggest challenges that you're facing what what just sort of keeps you up um i feel like that the budgets are allocated to it um Budget, you know yeah <laughs> like um i think that's when we're looking at multicultural marketing or look we're thinking about hispanic marketing like it's really important to allocate the proper amount of budget to do it right and to do it well um, and that it's not an afterthought and that it's an integral part of the strategy from the outset. Yeah. Um, and that it, you know, that there's a concerted strategic effort in a way that honors the opportunity yeah. and on, and honors the promise of the community. So, so that's what keeps me up at night. You know, people cutting budgets from it. <laughs> right. Stop doing that. Stop it, people. Slap, yeah. slap their head. Get out of there. Leave, exactly. that, leave that budget alone or, or add more to it while you're at it. Cause mm-hmm. you just rattle off so many stats that, you know, this thing continues to grow and you need to pay attention to mm-hmm. it. Um, the, the, the flip question to that one is what's got you excited about the future? What kind of things are moving or changing and shaping? What are you excited about? 
you know, you know, we've had an interesting year. I mean, as we all know, you know, yeah. with, uh, with, the, with the pandemic and with um, this movement towards social justice. And, and so it's been interesting to see, you know, how that has played out in the marketing space. And like, I'm excited about the emphasis, right, on inclusion, on diversity, on being inclusive of our multicultural communities across the board from, you know, hiring to professional development and growth, um, you know, executive leadership, um, and, you know, from a multicultural marketing standpoint, and how there's such an opportunity of growth there, where brands can continue to support and uplift our multicultural communities in a way that's authentic. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think, I think that's really awesome. And, and I, I'm excited to get out of this pandemic. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited too. to, um, you know, like, uh, you know, our Hispanic community, obviously, as you know, was, was disproportionately impacted, you know, from a health perspective, from a jobs perspective, um, from a home, from a business ownership perspective, um, you know, because of the pandemic, uh, educational perspective too, you know, I think I, told, I was mentoring, I'm mentoring a, a youth who, you know, is at home all day, you know, having to be on Zoom learning school, which is not awesome. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, you know, it, it's um, definitely had an impact, as you know, but I think we have an opportunity to now, you know, turn around and, and get back to growth, right? Yeah. Ideally with the vaccines coming out, um, you know, with the economy a little bit more normalized with, you know, the market being stimulated a little bit more, we're able to start seeing some, some again, that forward trajectory. Yeah. And, and if there's one thing we know, especially about our Hispanic community, that it's a, it's a community uh, with a story of resilience uh, with a story of optimism, with a story of growth. So I'm um, excited to, to see us get out of this pandemic and go back to that, um, that exponential growth um, that we're yeah. seeing. Yeah. Also, I think I would add to Casey, like, yeah. um, it's gonna be interesting to see like how marketing goes too. Um, I, I think there's probably gonna be kind of this fusion or hybrid of where we're gonna continue obviously doing a lot of work in the digital space, but I feel like there's gonna be that need for connection again, where we really are creating community, um, where we like create experiences and opportunities for people to come together, obviously when it's safe, um, yeah. <laughs> but like to, to be together again and like even disconnect right? Um, experience nature, experience yeah. humanity, experience being together, like, yeah. um, and just live in a way that's, um, you know, enriching again, um, and, and encompassing of that spirit of community. So I think there's going to be some opportunities to, to create those types of experiences from a brand perspective, um, which will be really interesting. I think so too. I'm really curious. You, you, you know a lot of things that a lot of people who are you where where <laughs> what was it like growing up you did you know you were destined to to be this evangelist for hispanic marketing and, yeah. and multicultural marketing take can you take me back in time like little sarah days you know what was it like <laughs> growing up 
You know, I think little Sarah did kind of know it like um, from the beginning, uh, because well, here's what's cool. So I'm, I, you know, obviously I'm not Latina. You know, my family isn't of Hispanic heritage, um, but here's what was really cool. I'm from North Carolina and um, in my school system in North Carolina, we had Spanish literally since preschool, which you don't really see that nowadays. Um, but we had Spanish in preschool kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, high mm -hmm. school. I always loved it. You know, I always yeah. did well. Um, I remember one of my favorite moments in elementary school was when my second grade teacher partnered me with, um, with a boy named Juan who was new to our school, who spoke Spanish, was learning English. And she put me with him to help him learn English. And I was like, wow, this is super cool. Like we were like best friends. Like <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. I'm and sure you so, picked up a bunch of Spanish, right? <laughs> well, I mean, so I was very lucky to have that foundation of, you know, of learning Spanish. And then, you know, kind of, I, um, also had, you know, I was raised really with a global perspective as well. You know, my mom worked for the YMCA um, and a lot of people don't know this, but the Y is a global organization. Um, there's YMCAs all over the world. And, you know, she um, had, had a chance to travel to Latin America, the, lots of countries, Chile, Uruguay, Colombia, um, you know, with the YMCA. And she would always bring stories back home. She would bring artifacts back home and, you know, help me with my Spanish homework even. Like, <laughs> right? like, like so, I mean, she just always also encouraged it. And, um, and so brought back that global perspective as well. Um, you know, I went to YMCA camp growing everything I did in life was with the YMCA, by the way, growing up because my mom worked for the Y. But, you know, I, I went to YMCA camp. Every one of my count, like tons of counselors were from countries or from around the world. It was really cool. So I was like, oh, man, when I grow up, I want to do that. So <laughs> so yeah. in college, um, so I went to, you know, UNC Chapel Hill and, and double majored in international studies and Spanish, you know, like those are two passions, right? International studies and and the, the language. Um, I had the opportunity through the YMCA to go live in Costa Rica and um, volunteer with youth um, at the YMCA doing uh, summer camps, uh, mm. sports and PE and just all sorts of things. And that is a fantastic way, um, you know, to be immersed in the community and use your Spanish and really hone the skills. And so that yeah. was incredible. And the, and the kids were awesome. Like they always helped you. They were just so patient too. So, so it was really cool. And, and then like, I also had the opportunity in college to, to study abroad, you know, or live abroad too in Spain. So oh, really you, know, you went to Spain. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so study at the like? university. Oh, it was cool. You know, different. It's definitely a different experience between, you know, Spain and Costa Rica. Um, yeah. but you know, unique and beautiful in their own ways, right? Um Do you prefer one or the other? Or is that gonna, is that gonna <laughs> no, anger? Half I your think friends? I have to remain neutral here, Casey. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I studied at the University of Salamanca um, and then lived in Barcelona um, wow. with a family. Uh, and so that was also and volunteered there with the Ronald McDonald House. And that was also, you know, an incredible experience. And so I've always, you know, known that there was something special in that for me. Mm -hmm. And that um, that's something that I wanted to continue throughout my life and, and kind of in my career. Um, and so so that's kind of how 
it's been that, you know, that's how opportunities have come about in my yeah. career. Um, I, you know, okay, I, I moved down to Atlanta. I interned for Univision 34 um, in marketing. I worked for a, a local nonprofit here called the Latin American Association, leading PR, marketing, and communications. Um, was there for five years. That was awesome. You know, very wow. connected to the community, very, you know, grassroots work um, with the community. Um, from there, transitioned over again to, to Coca-Cola on the multicultural marketing team there. Yeah. And and so, and, and now we're here with Saramar Group. Um, right. Your own and, thing. I mean, you set, you set up your own shop. Yeah. Yeah. So started the business two years ago and, um, and just incredibly excited about the opportunity to, to welcome, um, brands into this world of Hispanic marketing, um, and, and help them along that journey. Man, that, it's a, it's a wild, cool story and, and it just cross cultures, um, that that is so fun and then your own was it was it scary going out on your own and creating the the group the cinema group it's scary every day casey uh, that's true yes. <laughs> hasn't gotten better oh <laughs> uh, you know what's so funny is that like i think it's it's hard enough to start a business right yeah um it's a, it's a challenging thing in itself um and then guess what add an add a global pandemic cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so it's it's definitely been a roller coaster for sure. It's been, you know, I think like any entrepreneur, you go through the ups, you go through the downs, um, you go, you know, especially with the pandemic, it has been a, an emotional roller coaster um, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, you know, I'm optimistic and super positive. You know, I'm seeing some some lift, obviously, in the market um, over the past couple of months. So so that's exciting. But um yeah, it is scary. It's, it's kind of like you're, you're creating your own future. You're, yeah. you don't know where necessarily your income is coming from right. like six months down the road. <laughs> and Man. so each opportunity is something you have to create yourself. Um, right. and so there's, there's challenges to that. There's fears with that. Um, but there's also empowerment with that. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And a sense of sort of gratification as well. Yeah. Huh. Well, I have a hypothetical question for you. Okay. You, uh, so COVID finishes and I may or may not have a time machine in New Hampshire here. And, and if I do have one, you get to use the time machine after COVID, you come visit, get some lobster, and then you go use this time machine. It takes you back in time. It's particular. It takes you back in time to you after you graduated from school, um, and undergrad, right? So you just graduated, you got that international studies, Spanish, um, and you get to meet you, Sarah, then. Um, what kind of advice would you give her, knowing all the things you've been through and the choices you made? What kind of advice would you give yourself? That is the type of question that makes you think very profoundly, Casey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to, I think three things, three things come to mind. Okay. Let's, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is about your value. And, and this, I would say to, to recent, recent grad Sarah and to everyone, right? Is that your value is inherent. Your value exists solely because you are a human being on this earth, right? Your, your value isn't validated by other people. It's not validated by your career, your company, your title, or even maybe how much money you make. Um, you know, 
it just exists because you are you and you yeah. are uniquely you and and know that you are valuable that you are beautiful that you are here for a purpose right, right. and that the world needs you um the world needs your gifts um that are uniquely yours and so to continue to to give your gifts to the world yeah so i think i think that's what i would say that's um, powerful and then that's powerful that's only number one that's only number one right holy moly <laughs> you're making use of this time machine i like that it's not just <laughs> You're not just saying, you know, sports you know, scores. You're like, let's let's sit down here. You're like, Sarah, sit down. We need to talk. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk. You need to hear some stuff, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this stuff is going to help you. <laughs> I think the second one, now this one's really important for me too, is don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. Um, like, I don't, you know, my personality is one that I beat myself up. I'm so hard on myself. Like, I mean, it's amazing. Like I'll say something or, or like, I feel like, Oh, I'm in a meeting. Oh my God. That sound is so stupid. Like, or like yeah. I did this and I like I lose sleep and I'm like, Oh my God. You know, like, it's kind of like, I just beat myself up about things and I'm like, Whoa, you know, give yourself a break. Yeah. Like we're, we're human. Like, you know, like everyone, um, you know, one's perfect. Right. right. Yep. And, um, you know, this has actually been my mantra through, through the pandemic too. You know, like we talked a little bit earlier about the business and everything. It's like, give yourself grace. You're new to this. You haven't experienced a pandemic and growing a business before. <laughs> like, right. like just give yourself grace in general. Um, cause it's going to be all right, you know, and, um, and just enjoy, enjoy the life, you know? Yeah. And um, don't take it so seriously, I guess. Yeah. You know, like enjoy it. Give yourself grace. And uh, yeah. OK, if you make a mistake, great. Apologize. Move on and keep and keep living a good life. Um, so I think that's the second thing. Um, and then the third thing um, is more about relationships, right? OK, um, like to be as intentional about the relationships in your life as you are about your career. Um, because, you know, I think a lot of us, we think about, oh, okay, we're very career oriented. We're very career focused. We want to advance in our career. We, we want, um, we want to achieve a certain, you know, income. We want to like uh, reach the next level. And yeah. that's awesome. And we, we spend a lot of time and effort and focus on that. Right. But sometimes in that journey of focus and in that journey of ambition, relationships might fall to the wayside a little bit. Um, and you might not spend as much time with your family. You might not spend as much time with your friends or working on your relationships romantically or otherwise. Um, so, you know, I think the most precious thing we have in life, right. Are, are the people in yeah, it. I agree. Yeah. Um, the people who love us and the people that we love. Um, so I think if anything, this world, this moment that we're living in has taught us that, um, right. Totally. How like as people, like, um, we're the most important part, the people that we have, the relationships that we have, that's what drives happiness. Right. Yeah. And so to be intentional about like fostering those relationships, just as intentional as you are about um, fostering your your career. It's it's so true, right? We spend mm 
mm-hmm. time thinking about our resume and our LinkedIn profile and our personal mm-hmm. brand and all these things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when it comes down to the relationships, we're just sort of like winging it and then just seeing what we end up with, you know, yeah. as opposed to really yeah. being deliberate or intentional. Hey, I really want to go to this university. I really want to learn this. And, and even if you need to change your mind, that's totally cool. But just thinking about your thinking for a second, what do you really yeah. want out of yeah. this? So you don't stumble into something that you didn't really want in the first place. Yeah. You know, the way I think about it is that I think this is probably something my mom and instilled was whenever we reach to the end of our days, we probably aren't going to look back and say, man, I wish I worked harder. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're probably going to look back and say, man, I wish I experienced life. Did I experience life? Did right. I you know, show love to the people in my life. Um, and did I it, like have great relationships, um, that fed my soul, um, yeah. and that I was able to feed the soul of others. And, um, that's probably what you're going to look back and think about. Yeah. So just, to, just to continue. Yeah. Just to continue to, to stay intentional about that. Yeah. The most intentional people are usually win. you know, they win everything. <laughs> they win at life work business, relationships, everything, just being intentional, thinking just for a second, not even 20 minutes or 20 hours, just like, have you thought about this? <laughs> and then, right. and then dive right. in after that. Yeah. How, right. how, what kind of things, what kind of things are exciting you these days? Um, I know we're sucking COVID um, can't really get to any concerts lately, but man, it'd be <laughs> great to, you know, open up things up and get to some, some concerts, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and I, and I know you love your Prince Royce. <laughs> All of them, man. Aventura, like I'll take everybody. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I like I like Prince Royce too. Um, but what I'm excited about in life or in the business? Um, well, real quick. Okay, so Prince Royce. Who else we got? You already talked about Carlos. <laughs> Carlos Vives. Pulling up my my Spotify playlist. Man, let me tell you. So I'm, you know, I work out a lot, right? So yeah. that's one thing I'm passionate about: staying active and like. Yeah. My playlist is my, like, it's actually a Pandora playlist. I have playlists on Spotify that I've created, obviously, with all my Latin music, right? Yeah. But, like, the one that I've loved the most, you should check it out. It's just been, like, Latin workout list on Pandora. <laughs> workout list. It's okay, the Pandora cool. Latin workout list, right? Um, and, uh, and so every time I'm working out, running or whatever, like I, I have that list on. So it, it's got a lot of good ones. It's got, you know, it's got your reggaeton. It's got all of the, um, it, your Maluma, your J Balvin. Um, Balvin, <laughs> Mar, Fancy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it right old. now. Yeah, this, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I love it. Uh, and, uh, so that, that's really um, a lot of fun staying active. I'm excited to be able to like actually go back to the gym <laughs> one yeah, day, right? Maybe small um, things we take for granted, right? Right. Yeah. And just kind of being, being in the same room with people and being, being able to hug people. Um, yeah. but, um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of excited about, uh, well, this is a business thing, but Cool. One of the cool, one of the cool things that I've been part of is, um, you know, the city of Atlanta has some incredible programs, um, for incubator programs for women business owners. And so okay. I've, I've had the honor to be selected to be, um, one of the 15 businesses and, um, in that, in the 2020 cohort. And, and with that, it's, there's also the city of Atlanta international, um, you know, 
Department of International Affairs, and they are doing kind of a women export university to help women learn about doing business globally, um, yeah. which is a vision of mine. And so every time we're on like a, a, a session where we're learning about global business, I tell you what, like I am more excited than anything. <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool. Like, I just like, can't like, it's just really awesome to just learn about like how to do business across borders. Like how, like, obviously that's been a passion of mine my whole life. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, can we come full circle here and start doing business internationally and just learning about that has just been super exciting. Um, so that's really cool. Um, back to the personal playing tennis again uh, okay. has been great. Um, and then, you know, obviously on the, on the other side, you know, I, I love volunteering. Um, so there's two couple things coming down the pipeline okay. that, that I'm excited about. Um, one got put on hold. So this is kind of a side passion project of mine. I founded a, a corporate charity soccer tournament. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's called Copa United. Um, nice. And, and uh, so the idea here is that it's companies uh, play against each other. So it's like right now it's in the Atlanta market. Maybe one day we go to other markets, but it's like Coke versus UPS versus uh, IHG, you know, major, like all these companies. And we get out there, we play soccer and it's all to benefit uh, educational opportunities for Hispanic youth. That's awesome. Um, it's super cool. It's like a really, really cool day. So, you know, I would uh, love for you to do Coke versus Pepsi <laughs> on the soccer field. You know, you know, you know who would win, obviously. Well, who would win? Wait, where, where's, where's Pepsi even from? Right. We don't even know. Where are they from? Everyone knows Coke's from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Coke is in Atlanta. Where's Pepsi um, from? Do you know? Somewhere up north. I don't know. No. Nobody cares, Casey. Nobody cares. <laughs> no, Nobody like... cares. But you can do FedEx versus so UPS, weird. you know? Yeah, yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime versus UPS, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's Around funny. You're, you're taking a whole new slant to it. I kind of yeah. like it. I kind of like it. You're upping the rivalry by a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is, this and is then you great. can sell TV rights. <laughs> hey, I like the way you think. That That's next level. There right? you go. Um, <laughs> So that's been pretty cool. So like we've raised $60,000 the first two years that we did it, you know, awesome. like the first What's year it called? We, Do you have like a URL or anything for that? Copa United, Copa United, ATL.com. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, you know, obviously it got blown up last year and we were like on point last year. We had so many companies. We were like, okay, we added Mercedes. We were adding Porsche. We were at like, you know, we were like doing real well. Yeah. And then of course it all got blown up um, with the pandemic. But um, looking forward to being able to host that tournament again. Um, ideally, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get to do it this year, but at least, you know, next year for sure. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then the other kind of passion project that I'm kind of excited about is um, starting an initiative uh, called, and this is just an idea I had, um, called Cocktails and Keynotes for Criminal Justice. Mm-hmm um, to raise money to support organizations that work towards criminal justice. Um, and so the idea here is to, to do a series of kind of virtual events that are both fun and educational and also raise funds, um, for those organizations. So, um, we would do kind of maybe like a cocktail making presentation and have a keynote from a powerful speaker speaking about their experience in the criminal justice system. Um, and, um, maybe some conversation around solutions and things like that. So 
Um, excited about that like, and, and trying to get that off the ground. And, you know, obviously would love for all of your listeners to attend and participate. Oh, um, yeah. I think that would be really cool. Um, what, what's neat is like now that we can do all these virtual things on the Zoom, you know, anyone can can participate in, in an event no matter where you are. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That is amazing. So good. Hey, where can people connect with you? Throw out like social platforms. You already threw out, um, you know, one URL. Throw a bunch of stuff out as we'll put it in the show notes. People can just connect right through, especially if they want to start getting into Hispanic marketing and understanding right. being authentic and being relevant and all those good things. Yeah. Where, where do you want them to go? Yeah. So um, Sarah Mar Group uh, is the business. You can find us on the internets at www.saramargroup.com. And nice. Saramar is S-A-R-A-M-A-R group. Um, so there's that. And then or on LinkedIn. We're also on LinkedIn. Those are yeah. the two best channels. Um, okay. Sarah Marski on LinkedIn and then Sarah Mar Group on LinkedIn. Boom. There it is. There it is, Casey. <sighs> awesome. We, we've crushed it. Have we? We have. <laughs> yeah. I think we have, Casey. You're right. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on here. I'm, I'm, I had a blast. It's been a topic that I knew next to nothing about other than just loving the music. So it's yeah. great to finally connect some of the dots here, especially yeah. with something like marketing, which is also a passion to connect it with yeah. another culture. It's been really fun today. Oh, good. Awesome. Well, I, again, I so appreciate you having me on and thank you for the invitation. This has been super cool. Super cool. <laughs> And you got oh. that new mic and now that mic is not new anymore. It's, no. it's got a solid podcast in its belt. So yeah, I better do 5,000 more podcasts. So I can use 5,000 here, here. Cheers to 5,000 more. There it is. Here we go. <laughs> um, well, thanks again. And you know, for those people listening, this has been the hardcore marketing show. We'll catch you all next time. Later.